Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Green Pill, where real people connect. Hello and welcome back to the Matrix Green Pill podcast. My name is Hilmarie Hutchison, and I am so excited to introduce part two of my conversation with coach and trainer, Wendy Shaw. If you have not heard part one yet, please go and listen to that first. If you have heard part one, dive right in and enjoy part two of this excellent conversation. Now, let's talk a little bit about COVID. That's <laughs> the elephant in the room. And let's talk about positivity. Where did that come from? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Lockdown happened. Yeah, it rocked my world for sure. And I realized that, okay, this is all a bit scary. What's going on? How do I take care of myself? Well, that one of the first things I did was I adopted two kittens who turned into cats and they're the best company ever. But I remember waking up one morning at the very beginning of the lockdown here in the UAE. My gut was just saying, you've got to do something. And for me, I love, love, love helping people. I realized that I had this huge toolbox of NLP and embraining and so many other techniques that if I wobble, I have all these tools, I can get stressed, I can get upset, but then I can get myself out of it very quickly. And I just wanted to help people because there are so many people out there that don't have resources to help them. And if they're not down at home, if they're working from home, because I live alone and I'm quite comfortable with that, but some people are very sociable. And if you go to work and you're part of a team, you're surrounded by people all day. When you're put into a lockdown situation, it's, you know, your whole world goes upside down. There's no coffee breaks with other people. My gut reaction was, oh, I need to do something. What can I do? I thought, well, I'm British. Everybody likes to, to have, a, sort of have a tea break or coffee break. I'll, just, I'll do afternoon tea, which is another kind of British thing that we love to do. And I just wanted to keep it positive. So there were three rules. We weren't allowed to talk about the pandemic, politics or religion. These are the areas that just create arguments. So to be able to focus on positivity, and I thought, oh, positivity, spelled T-E-A, I had something happening on the Sunday. So I thought, okay, looking at my schedule, what can I do? And I realized that, okay, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, four days a week, that means that, you know, seven days in a week, but four days a week, there is a support system out there. I'd learned Zoom quite quickly. And I think that was wearing my BNI hat. I was very involved with educating and rolling out sort of online meetings. So I knew how to use that. And yeah, I just put it out there. And I had people dialing in from New Zealand, Australia, Hong Kong, lots of people in the UAE. And my mum started joining from the UK. Other people from the UK has a couple from Canada, from the US. It just turned into this global event. I never knew who was going to join. And it was literally, I'd come up with two questions every day. So each person who joined, you know, a short introduction, who they are, where they are, and then two questions, positive questions. What's great in your life at the moment? What makes you smile? How are you taking care of yourself today? How are you helping other people today? So each day was a different two questions. And then just check in, what support do you need? And so I've got great feedback from that. And that went on for a long time. I'd say after eight months, it was like, okay, 
So the numbers started to decline so as people were getting busy back at work and meetings and stuff. So I dropped it down to once a week. So it still actually happens on a Wednesday afternoon. And we've even got a group of us, kind of a core group. We're all ladies and we've started doing live afternoon teas. We've actually got one coming up in a couple of weeks. And we're, we're touring Dubai and sampling afternoon teas and just having positive catch-ups in the afternoon. So it has created a really nice community. I guess that I was the, the centre of that little universe in that, you know, I was sharing the link, links on Facebook, social media, LinkedIn and stuff. And so anybody who connected with me and then anybody who'd attended Afternoon Positivity, then they could share with their communities and networks as well. It was something that I just wanted to do to help people sort of going through this. It was a scary time. There was so much uncertainty and unknown. It was just like, well, what can I do to create a positive space? You've come out of it with something positive, going into something so negative and so scary. And I'm so sure your background and your training played a big part, a big role in the way you approached the whole pandemic and the whole situation to make something positive out of it. Excellent. I know a lot of people have benefited from your positivity sessions. Brilliant. I know you do a lot of coaching with uh, leaders and managers. What would you say the most important skills that a manager needs, or at least some of the skills that a manager or a leader needs? Okay, well, it's, it's defining the difference between managing a group of people and leading a group of people. I think the number one is listen. Really listening to what's going on, what do people need, and not directing you know a manager will manage a situation and say right we need to do this this and this a leader will manage the same situation listen and ask people what do you think what can we do so it's more of a collective teamwork and allowing people to develop I think there's so many leaders out there who are managers and there's a lot of managers out there who are great leaders so number one is listening asking questions I'd say one of my best learnings was learning how to facilitate, how to facilitate a group of people. And that's not about feeding them information. You know, that's wearing my trainer hat. It's more about facilitating them to explore the situation, to explore different ideas, suggestions, to think things through and to make decisions and come to outcomes collectively as a group of people. And I say as a leader, that's one of the toughest things to do because, you know, by the role of the title, if you like, as leader, uh, people want to jump in and lead, but then that can slip into being too authoritative or too many directions. I always like to go back to that, you know, that definition that who defines a leader and it's the followers. So when you ask somebody, you know, who's been one of your best leaders? So for me, one of them is my grandmother, the positive one. I remember lots of years ago, my grandmother said to me, it was actually about, I was, I've been offered a job in London working for a hotel group. And that was the job I had before coming to Dubai. And my background was hospitality. And then I, I got into training in hospitality, and especially in catering. And this job was as a training manager for six hotels, training on front desk systems, which was so far out of my comfort zone. And I was like, oh, no, I can't do that. And my grandmother said, darling, you can do anything you want to do as long as you're prepared to work hard enough for it. 
And I think that was such a great leading skill, just putting that, challenging my belief, if you like, and just allowing me to make decisions and me to be successful. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the questions we ask on Afternoon Positivity. Who's been your, your greatest leader? What's one thing that they've said to you that's had a massive impact on your life? So that's what great leadership is. And I say just being curious, not being right, because as I mentioned earlier, we're all different. You know, what's right for me might not be right for you. So what's your right? And helping people sort of explore that. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of the coaching skills for sure. It's having that compassion for people, but also about helping those people develop and grow. I also think it's mindset. You mentioned your grandmother and her positive outlook, the one grandmother. How important do you think a positive mindset is? Oh, absolutely. One of the things that I'm thinking about more and more at the moment is how we are defined by our environment. So whether that's the environment that we grow up in, whether that's our family, it's our school, it goes back to you know different models of the world. So if you're surrounded by positive people, then, well, surprise, surprise, you're going to become more positive. You become most like the five people you spend most time with. So if you're surrounded by negative people, then you pick up on that and that becomes part of your normal. You know, where it's been growing up, we go through different stages. Who are our role models? When it comes to relationships, it's our parents. Now, with the divorce rate so high, it's very challenging to have a great role model when it comes to relationships. So how do you break that so, yeah, the environment, being surrounded by people that you actually connect with and you have similar values, creating those spaces where we actually enjoy what we're doing and it's a, a positive environment, all of those things. So the mindset is, I'd say it's fundamental. Why has mental health become such a, a huge issue and concern? It's because so many people are struggling. You know, how are they not taking care of themselves and your mental health, what can they do? People with a more positive outlook and mindset have less problems when it comes to mental health. So, you know, things are linked. That's a huge one. So to make that practical, what tips would you give to a manager or a leader to create a positive and supportive environment in their workplace? Use positive language. Uh, focus on, I think, appreciation. When people feel appreciated, makes them feel good. And if you feel good, you're going to do better. You're going to be a, a nicer person. If you're feeling hammered by your, my boss doesn't appreciate me, they just complain at me all the time, or they don't recognize me, you know, am I doing a good job? I don't know because I don't get the feedback. So creating a, you know, a positive feed forward model. This is what's going great. This is what we could do to make it even better. And having that open communication is a huge contributor, I would say. It's also, you know, you want to surround yourself with people that bring more positivity. I've done a lot of work and, and stuff around personality profiling as well. There are some roles where different meta programs are, you know, deeper fit filters. You want some people to be looking for problems and challenges because we can't all be living in cloud cuckoo land too. These are hopes and dreams if we haven't got our eyes open on what can go wrong as well. But it's getting a blend of those people together 
to create a positive team environment. So it's even a space. I mean, walking into some organizations, I mean, it's really doom and gloom. You know, the Matrix office, you've got color, you've got pictures, it's a great vibe. So even sort of the, the energy that you create where people work. If you want more positive people, you've got to be, be more positive. You know, law of attraction again, you get what you focus on. I think that's excellent advice. Very, very good tips there. Let's make it a little bit more personal. Bring it down to you a little bit. Can you share a story about the funniest mistake that you've made when you were first starting out and what you learned or your takeaways from that? You don't know that I started my career as a chef and I loved doing cakes and wedding cakes and all sorts of different things. So going way, way, way back, I was actually the last trainee cook in the National Health Service in the UK. You know, I did all of my chef training day release. So it was one day a week at college rather than every day. So it took me longer, but I was working in a hospital environment and learning so much more on the job. So then I moved on. I was uh, working in another, it was actually a residential home for adults learning difficulties. I loved that role. And I was working weekends and I'd been there, I think I was there eight years in total. Really enjoyed it. A birthday party. I'm working the weekend. It's like, okay, I'm going to a 21st birthday party. Let's make a cake. So I made a cake. And I taught some of my residents who worked in the kitchen with me how to make marzipan roses. And we made 21 to decorate them on the top. And I wrote, happy birthday. Fabulous. It's all done. Ten minutes before I was due to leave work, I'll go and pop it in the car while it's quiet. So I got to the car and my car door was locked. So I put the cake on the bonnet of my car, turned to unlock my car and then thud. It had fallen, I slid off the bonnet, flipped upside down, so completely squashing all of the icing and all of the marzipan roses as well. And it's one of those moments where you can either burst into tears, you can get angry and frustrated, or you can laugh. So I just laughed. You know those times where things happen in slow motion and it's just like, oh, I flip. I took it back in and I grabbed a couple of the care managers and quickly taught them how to make uh, marzipan roses. So they were busy doing that, knocked up a bit more icing, I scraped off what was there, turned it upside down and iced what was the bottom to create a clean top. Happy birthday. And then put all of these roses on. I love that. Yeah. I took it to the birthday party. She didn't know that I was doing a cake for her. She was one of my colleagues when I worked at the hospital um, as a trainee cook. <laughs> so I'm surrounded by all my ex-colleagues, the diet chefs, the head chefs, you know, all of them were there. And so I rock up for this cake and, you know, the birthday candles go on and happy birthday and whatever. And when the cake was cut... One of, he was actually the one person I admired most. He was so skilled and so knowledgeable. And he'd, he'd been one of my mentors for years and years. And he came to me and said, Wendy, I'm really curious. He said, how on earth did you manage to get the icing all the way around the cake? It's incredible. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love that. I shared with him, I said, oh, well, I had a, it wasn't the original plan. And I told him what happened. So I think sharing mistakes is one of the key ones. I remember teaching, I think it was 
Christmas cake decoration or something. And I rocked up for that. So it was an evening class. And I was actually the youngest person in the class, surrounded by housewives and things, who wanted some top tips on decorating their Christmas cakes. And I was the youngest person in the room. And I think I shared that same story with them. So sharing mistakes so people can learn from your stories rather than having to go through them themselves, I think is the most beneficial, it's, it's one of the best ways of learning. If you hear a funny story about how somebody really screwed something up or how things went really badly wrong, then it's a great learning without having to go through that yourself. And the learning there was don't put a cake on a bonnet of a car because they're angled and they slide off. <laughs> I love it. Very good. So You've had so many experiences in your life. You've done so many different things. Um, it's incredible. What is one thing you wish you knew when you started your career? NLP. Yeah, you said that earlier, right? It would be great for kids to learn that as well, NLP. Yeah. I remember at school, growing up, I wanted to be the, I wanted to be an actor, and then I wanted to be an air hostess. And then I wanted to be, you know, all of those. I didn't know what I wanted to be. I just listened to my friends and thought, oh, that sounds good. I went for a <laughs> careers interview. I remember sitting down and they said, Wendy, what do you want to do? Likewise, I don't know. Wendy, what do you enjoy doing? I remember saying, I like water skiing. So, yes, and I liked cooking. So, I mean, that's kind of how I fell into becoming a training cook. Yeah, I think NLP is the one thing that... It's almost like a red thread through my life. Because when I discovered NLP, a lot of it felt quite familiar. I didn't know it was called this or that or whatever. So if NLP is based on modeling excellence, I have to sort of look back to my family. Because if something's familiar, it's because I've experienced this. It's kind of like, yeah, I do this already. But I didn't know what it was. And I, didn't, I learned it from my family, not from school. So it was more focused in school around life skills around communication, effective communication. I think that would have mindset, all of that stuff. I think that would help so many people. I did a talk recently, a group of graduates in terms of careers. There's so much stress in the world right now. And if you don't have some, some tools to how to manage that stress or how to even stop and think, what do I want to do? What lights me up? What brings me joy? What makes me feel happy? What feels good? Because if you're going to go into an industry or into a career that doesn't do anything for you, if you don't enjoy it, you're setting yourself up for a pretty gloomy life because we spend most of our waking hours working. That's scary, I think. So you've done a lot, especially recently, you've gone into a lot of interesting fields and avenues. What's next for you? Do you have any future goals or anything in particular, or are you just moving along with what you are into right now? I'm loving the unbraining stuff because we haven't been able to take it online. I feel that getting back into live events for that is really exciting. I'm involved at the moment with Purposeful Innovators. That's very much you know, sustainability, but my role is really about the people aspect. So how do we keep sustainable as people? How do we take care of ourselves? How do we care about other people? So it's people profit planet. My focus is really the people. So lots of exciting stuff there with education elements on it and how can we, lots of interesting projects, uh, reaching orphanages in India, this coral reef regeneration project. There's all sorts of exciting stuff. 
sort of popping up and, and materializing from that. So that's exciting. So lots of learning in it for me. And that's what I love. I always love variety. So I think this is why I'm happier sort of bouncing between training and coaching and getting involved in different projects, different industries, because I like that variety. I think if I was to, to go back to doing the same thing day in, day out now, I would be bored stupid. So lots of variety ahead. I still love doing the one-on-one coaching, working with families. I like doing that and giving the kids the power. You know, the kids coming up with a task for the parents to do is very interesting. So fascinating stuff. It's like team coaching, but different dynamics because you've got two leaders, which the parents think it's them. It's not. Of course it's not. So team coaching, I love to do. Relationship coaching is another one that's really insightful because, you know, I don't have the answers. It's, and that's what I love about coaching. I'm not giving the advice. I'm pulling the advice from them. It's really the, the wrong term, right, coaching. It should be facilitating, as you said earlier, because that's really what you're doing. Yeah, and I think, you know, the difference for me between training and coaching, training, I'm in control. I've got the knowledge. I've got the answers. Coaching, I shouldn't say it, but I am out of control. It's always, you know, just facilitating the client and moving things forward. Well, that's been excellent. Thank you so much for sharing all those tips and all those insights and your story with us so far. It's been excellent. Now we've come to the segment of our show where I will ask you some rapid fire questions. So our version of a game show. So if you could start a movement that would bring the most amount of good to the most amount of people, what would it be? A movement. Everyone should have absolute positivity at least once a week. You have started the movement. I love it. Yes. Positive conversation. Can you share one quote that you live by? Ooh, I have so many. Maya Angelou, people will forget what you do or what you say, but they will always remember how you make them feel. Oh, that is a lovely one. Who inspires you and why? Grant Susilo, who is one of the co-founders, Ben Braining. The more I use it, the more insights and I get to his brilliance. What he was researching 10 years ago is coming to light now. It's like, wow, are we just seeing that now? Tell us one of your proudest moments during your journey until now. When I stop and look at the people, it could be a Facebook notification. It could be a LinkedIn. When I see on social media people who are loving life or they're getting great results, and I've previously been a student or a client or, you know, if I've had any input whatsoever. I was reached out to a couple of weeks ago on Facebook. Miss Wendy, do you remember me? I think telephone operator, 2001 at Crown Plaza. And, you know, I kind of recognised the name, but faces really don't have a clue. Can't remember that. And just, you know, thank you so much. You were the best teacher ever. And my life has done this, this and this. And it's just like... A bit of that is some recognition, just knowing that I've made an impact on somebody else and helped them move forwards in their career in whatever shape or form that is. That's my proudest. So other people's successes and my success. And what is one thing you do every day, no matter how busy you are? Stop and breathe before I respond. Uh, Take a nice deep breath before I answer the phone. Yes, balanced breathing is something that helps me a hundred times a day. But to do a focused breathing session, I join a, a call on a Monday, which is 22 minutes of balanced breathing. And I've also got some mind programs I listen to. 
just uh, I think in terms of self-care, yeah, learning how to breathe. Before we wrap up, we would like to do our green pill moment. So for this segment, I will ask you a question, your green pill moment. So if you could take the green pill and go back in time and change one thing about your journey, what would it be? I have zero regrets. I mean, I've made some crap decisions in my life, but it's the learnings that I've got from those decisions that helped me become who I am today. So I regret nothing. Okay, how about this? I'm going to ask a different question so that we've got some learning out of this. So the, your green pull question is, what green pull advice would you give to your younger self? I think believing in myself at a much younger age would have really helped me. Yeah, I didn't have a great relationship with my father for so many years. And, you know, reflecting back on that now, it's spilled out in many different ways. So I wish, and yet when I worked on that, and I went to see my father and gave him, he gave me a huge hug. And I remember thinking, what was my problem? So I had created this issue, which really impacted my relationship with my father for so many years. That came with the NLP. You know, it's, it's all part of the journey, isn't it? Excellent, excellent um, response there. Thank you so much for sharing your fantastic and inspiring story with us today. I know our audience is going to enjoy this conversation as much as I have. Before we say goodbye, could you please tell our listeners where they can find and follow you? And I'll also put this in the show notes. Okay, my email is wendy at mbrain.me. I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, mbrain.me. Instagram, Instagram, mbrain.me now, embedded command. So yes, you can track me down on most social media. Wendy Shaw Dubai, I pop up on a Google search. Excellent. So you've done some good SEO for your name. I love it. Thank you again for joining me today. It's been excellent and I wish you all the very best. Thank you, Amari. It's been great fun. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.